0: welcome to splunk Time, a splunk podcast that's all splunk and no junk i'm your host birch here with co-host how this episode I is... that, by the way <laughs> it's season two episode 25 and we'll soon be joined by today's guest jeff champagne who will talk with us all about field product management before we go any further though let's check in on how everyone's been doing how how have you been doing
1: well that was a bit of a wind up i feel a little bit naked like like you've got your your gear on and i'm i'm not i mean i could put it on you know and just i'll do one ear <laughs> right that's kind of it's okay um i'm doing well i'm doing yeah. well i am um I'm, I'm i'm i've still got a lot of energy going from uh we had the sales kickoff at splunk that that uh never ended <coughs> and um it was what's a, a, what's a sales kickoff A sales kickoff So the people that are at any company that sells product and has a field, you're large enough to have a field organization, you'll know what a sales kickoff is. And it's a usually yearly thing. And everybody's getting together to say, okay, here's what's coming. Here's what's changing. Here's, you know, be excited about what's new, you know, new rules of the road, whatever. And it's, you know, all the field side of the company is getting together and getting on the same page.
0: Oh, so kind of like, um, hey, everyone who is spending, you know, 90% of your time with customers, uh we want to take a moment and just like pull you away from the customers so you can hear about what are all the cool things that you need to know to then tell back to your
1: customers yeah yeah. versus like training
0: trickling yeah yeah yeah. okay cool exactly i'll allow it i'll allow it yeah i i act like i have no idea what it is i've been to (laughs) this is the yeah i've been to like seven six i I don't know. know
1: yeah um but no it was cool because um there was you know, we're talking to you know seven eight hundred people sometimes in the tech track that i was involved in and, and that's oh yeah exactly.
0: i'm just such a big
1: deal <laughs> seven eight hundred people oh, yeah. oh it's, it's like you know screw you comma um it sure beats the seven to... or eight people
0: that audience to this thing <laughs> ouch okay it's kind of...
1: tell your friends Anyway, <laughs> um, how was that? I was trying to pull tears up. Um, no, it was pretty cool because it, it's you know it involves a lot of. There's some creative license. There's a lot of um, uh, content production, you know, and then public speaking. And I, hey, you and I were kind of into public speaking. I've heard. Um, so yeah, it was a cool. I think um, we've spoken we've poking about that publicly. <laughs> we've spoken about that publicly. Yes, yes, but no, it was just a nice. <laughs> Uh, the the good parts of it were very good. So that's good. It was, it was cool.
0: Um, it must have been different, right? Because it was uh the first time,
1: mm-hmm. n- not a in, week person. in Vegas. Yeah. So yeah, definitely different. Uh, instead of a week in Vegas, it was um an interminable number of weeks of Zoom calls. Yes.
0: Um, you and I have been here long enough that we remember before it was a week in Vegas, and it was. A uh, week in San Francisco,
1: I believe. Yeah, I do recall a one or two of those at um, you know, basically a hotel, you know, in yeah. San Francisco, like the Intercontinental or something. Like the yeah. Um, in fact, I want to say it was. Um, it was a Marriott. When was when was Obama elected? What year? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay, 2008. okay. and then four years later. Later. So, okay, that makes sense. So twenty twelve. Um, he was in town. He was staying in the same hotel that S- Sales Kickoff was at. I do explicitly recall that. Um, I don't know if it was Intercontinental, but it was a hotel and Obama was there and we had to all uh, get screened or rather we didn't know, but every single one of us in that hotel were screened, had security screening done by the Secret Service. Oh. Yeah. That's I had no idea. I, I forget well, who I learned this from, but it was they, they talked about the process and yeah, it was interesting. Actually.
0: I guess that makes sense because that if that was 2012, that was the same year that we IPO'd. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, obviously, you know, our IPO was just as monumental. It was the deal <laughs> of the year. Yeah. As, as, you know, maybe the election. Yes. I thought so. Um, but what do you think? Obvi- obviously I mean, sarcasm. Yes. That's okay. Uh, good. Uh we have our guest joining us in a few minutes. Um, I'll reveal my big news when he joins because I, I mean, think whatever. it all feeds into it's each other. Sort of relevant.
1: Yeah. Sort of relevant. Sort of relevant. Sort of relevant. So uh, um, have you done anything interesting related to Splunk?
0: Have I done anything interesting related to Splunk? So I was recently in the developer, um, I'm working on my developer certification right now. So I'm doing a crash course in, in all of our courses Yep. that I'm crashing. Yep. And um, I, it's just, it's so fun getting back to like the nuggets that you get in our education classes. Like mm-hmm. they, they expose some things like not just best practices, but they point out like, oh, there's a, um, you know, there's a, a, an attribute that you can add to a dropdown in a dashboard. Uh, allow custom values. And then the, that's the X, XML tag, simple mm-hmm. XML tag. And then the value is true. And mm-hmm. when you do that, when, you, um, when you're when you on a dropdown, you know how like in our recent releases, the dropdown mm-hmm. is not just a dropdown, there's also a text box. So you can yeah. start mm-hmm. to type and it'll like reduce the result mm-hmm. set accordingly. Mm-hmm. Allow custom values allows you to type and then use that term exactly as you typed it. Okay. So you can choose, it's almost like um, I start writing, I have all these like products and I start writing how. Mm-hmm. And then how is not necessarily one of the results on there, mm-hmm. but I can select how and it'll be added and the dashboard will be generated even oh, though it wasn't oh, one of the-
1: Okay, so you, it's a combo box. It's, it's, it's
0: like it's, a, it makes the dropdown into A text input field. A text input field as well. and I found that out, and then I was like, "Well, golly, I was just talking with someone about this. Mm -hmm. Why, why does, why have I not heard about it?" And Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I I look things up, and it turns out like it's been in the docs for you know years, and I didn't know. In this case, I couldn't find it in the (gasps) documentation. So, oh my. I think number one, that's a cool, cool thing about taking our classes is that there's always some secret nuggets Mm -hmm. um, that you can learn. Number two, I made a takeaway to get it in the documentation. Um, But number three, it kind of reminded me of, um, I don't know if we do this anymore, but back in the day when I first started playing with Splunk, I remember we used to release features in our on-prem product. Still do we still oh, release more, okay i'll let you finish i'm
1: sorry
0: <laughs> um we used to release features but not announce them so it was almost like a, a live regression testing and i don't know if this was the intent but it might be like um uh i don't i'm trying to think of an example uh maybe like some aspects of like T-S-I-D-X, like maybe a new version
1: of like oh, T-S-I-D-X. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like adding a new compression yeah. algorithm. But, you but know. it's not documented and it's you not know, the default and C it's not standard, announced. You can use BZ2 or whatever.
0: Yeah. Right. And it's sort of like w- before people exercise this, like maybe there's still a little work to be done Yeah, or maybe we just want to see how the code mm-hmm. like works in a regression perspective. sure. Um, sure. But it kind of reminded
1: me of that, of when it was, like, you'd find out in Wonder the community, somebody like... Somebody was like, okay, and next release, we're going to document this, and, 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 well, and. well that person
0: forgot. No, no, it was more, it was more like, uh, you'd be in the community, like, forums and stuff, and people would be like, oh, you want that sweet, sweet compression? <laughs> I'll, I'll hook you up, man. Just... Just change tsidx index level compression what? to two. I'm gonna blow your mind, <laughs> and then and then they'd scurry away into the ether, internet yeah. ether. Yeah. Um. We but said, yeah, and not then in you spec file. Yeah, you you felt super cool because you were like, yo, I'm out of spec. <laughs> and you'd open support cases. They'd see your config in the diag and be like, oh, you must
1: be cool because you're yeah actually uh, undocumented features. You know X- xkcd the cartoon. I I do. Okay. Do you know the, I forget the name of the, the, the name of the panel. It might be called Shibboleth, but that was the punchline. And it was uh. uh lady, I always love jokes like that start call, with the punchline. <laughs> person calls in them in the help desk and they're like, yeah, I rebooted it already. Can, can we skip all this, you know, BS? Like, and I know what I'm talking about. Can I talk to an engineer? And then, you know, next panel, and there's this 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 lady, she's a hacker, she's like leaning back in her, in her desk, whatever, and she says, Oh yeah, no problem, you know, just adjust the da, 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 da. And by the way, next time, if you use the secret code Shibboleth, you'll get straight to a level three engineer. And then he wakes up, it was a dream. So
0: oh uh, well, speaking of getting straight to a level three engineer, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jeff Champagne to the room. Level three engineer that was not working bad. on his black belt.
2: I don't know if this works. I hooked up this mic that I never use.
1: That's an excellent thing to do, going straight into a podcast (laughs) that records live with one Appreciate that, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's fine. It's a little hot. You should totally perform not the way you practice. (laughs) No, just set it down. You don't have to pick it up like it was. Well, (laughs) apparently
2: it just disconnected, so you're on my normal headset now. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so are you saying that...
0: that for people that can't see, the the microphone that Jeff has looks like the Death Star, and it's from a what snowball, we understand, I was
1: about to say it's a snowball. Everybody I know, but the
0: snowball is. It still, it still, it looks like the Death it's Star, nice. and it is no longer fully operational. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it says it's on, but you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's okay. I literally just went. For oh, now it says it's exercise. on. Does it
2: sound any better?
1: It does. Yeah.
2: Just it does
1: just, you stop yeah. touching it? I'm.
2: I'm not touching anything. All if right. All right. you
1: keep touching it, you'll break it. <laughs> it anyway, feel better, Jeff. I. I literally did the same thing to Birch uh, twenty minutes ago before we started recording. So, rolled eyes. Lovely. Yeah.
0: Jeff, welcome to Splunk Talk, the Splunk podcast
1: that's all Splunk and no junk. <laughs> I sometimes wonder about the tagline because, I mean, sometimes it is junk. <laughs> it's. it's
0: it's mostly junk (laughs) Um,
2: it's good to know the effort you the collective brain power of you two are going to (laughs) yeah
0: so um jeff you know something that we like to do uh when when people first join is to have their orange story also known as their origin story okay and um we'd love to get into that with you but um before that uh just like a, a quick, you know, you're Jeff Champagne. You're the uh, director of field product management here at Splunk. I yeah, was you senior did.
1: director.
2: What? Oh, how <laughs> you just have to rub it in, don't you? That's a super, super senior, super no. senior
1: director. He's the most senior director in my book.
2: I'm working on it. Working yeah. on it. Apparently, I'm not bribing the right people. You're, you're, just, you're just not. Well, I'm, senior. I'm on the podcast, so it's
0: probably going to happen any day now. There we go, you're, Jeff. You're just not senior director material. <laughs> hmm.
1: Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, should, did you did you want him to like introduce himself, or were you going to introduce him first?
0: Well, I gave I gave kind of a high level. Um, uh, anything anything else that we should say? Uh, I, I think so. It's not so egotistical for Jeff to say. I, I'll I'll toss in. Jeff is a, a very prolific uh, speaker at at comps of years past. So if you're looking for some very technical, very smart and very fun sessions you can
2: oh, search for him on, everywhere. Actually conf go to
1: conf.splunk.com conf online, search for champagne actually and that would work. Yeah. Yes. So, but I did want to hear the origin story. I feel yeah, like we're hear. you and oh. me we're talking to each other and we're just like
0: uh, the birth guy down there or
2: my splunk origin story. Uh,
0: actually start with your parents' birth <laughs> and work up <out> from there. <laughs> Um,
2: it, was, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll give you a little background on it. So I've been working in tech since I was like 12 years old. I used to design websites for, um, uh, local dentists. Cause my mom ran, she was the executive director for this dental association where I grew up in Nevada. And so, you know, I was, uh, sitting at home learning the computer and, and, uh, collecting an animated gif library uh to put to good use and uh so i used to do that and then uh that evolved into getting a job um at a sort of small integrator company and i learned how to like build servers and crawl under buildings and punch down network cable and all sorts of fun stuff um and then i uh sort of where I think I learned the most is I, I um, worked Can I ask for this... A dumb question?
0: Yeah, yeah. What is punch-down network cable? Is that when you oh, crimp Birch.
2: it? Oh, Birch. Birch. No, different Birch. thing. So okay. there are crimps. If you're making network cables, you know, it, when you put an RJ... If you're RG- about you... to
0: tell me that there's crimps and there there's gyms,
2: then it's a Dr. Seuss bug. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're making network cables, those little ca- connectors on the end are called RJ45s and you crimp them on with a crimper like I, that, I, the I house do... showing you. And I then make my typically, own cable. Yes. yeah, but in a office environment or even, you know, if you're like me in your house, um, there's a terminal block where all the cables come into like a closet. And when you, you terminate the wires onto that block, you punch, literally punch them down. There's a tool called an impact tool and you stick it in and it, uh, it shoves the wire in. So it makes a connection with the copper and then cuts it off when you do it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that part i haven't done well don't hey next time you come to brooklyn yeah <laughs> we'll punch some cable what we're doing yeah <laughs> i need um, three drops
1: from uh from my uh my wiring closet up to different rooms in the house sounds uh, like you're making a trip it, to atlanta virge all right yeah,
0: yeah. i want to this is like geek thug life yo i'm about to drop some cable <laughs> and punch it yeah
2: punch it down. (laughs) Um, so then I got a job in high school, um, working. So my, um, one of my teachers, her husband owned this real estate company and they had like 20 offices across the country. They're kind of small. They needed somebody to come in and like be their it person. So I started there and, um, worked there for six and a half years and went from being like the only it guy to running their sort of IT group, which, you know, there were, when I left, there were like five of us, it wasn't huge, but I learned a lot because we went from 20 offices to having 600 and something by the time I left. Oh, And so I got a, you know, I was responsible for buying servers and learning how to install a SAN and create redundant databases. And like, you know, they didn't know what needed to happen and neither did I, but they had money to spend and I was willing to learn. And so that's how I learned a lot of what I know how to do in mm-hmm. tech. Did you go to um, school for tech stuff? I went to school for business. Uh, I have a, d- a degree in business information system. So a little bit of tech, but it was more business focused. Um, I'd say I learned most of the tech stuff uh, on from my own. Job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the, what was great about that job is when I moved to New York, I moved to New York like a week after graduating from college with, you know, as they say, a hope and a prayer, no job, two suitcases. And uh, I had two friends that lived here and they let me sleep on their couch for months, which, uh, which wow. was great. Um, and I ended up getting a job at an integrator here. Is this like a plot of Pretty Woman or something? Yeah, <laughs> uh, doing, doing uh, integration stuff for law firms and hedge funds. I eventually worked for a big bank doing architecture design for trading systems. And at that bank, we used Splunk. Um, and so I remember one day, like we had been trying to uh, solve this particular problem for like months using a, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to speak ill of any of our competitors, but um, using another Microsoft monitoring, <laughs> yeah, using he another he'll monitoring tool, tool and uh, it was really hard because that tool, is very difficult to extend the schema and like deal with everything. And so uh, somebody mentioned like, I've heard about this company called Splunk, like maybe we should try it. And so I literally downloaded the software and in an hour had it deployed to like 45 of our domain controllers pulling in logs and like solved this particular problem we were having. And it was like magic. I loved it. It was amazing. And from then on like any kind of problem we had, I was always like, let's try solving it with Splunk. And like to a point where my coworkers were like, you have drank the Splunk Kool-Aid. Like, shut up, Jeff. We don't want to hear from you anymore. And I guess the reality is, is that I did drink the Splunk Kool-Aid because uh, later on my sales engineer came to me and said, hey, have you ever thought about working uh, at Splunk? And I was like, "Say working in sales, ew. Why yeah. would I want yeah. to do that? Um, and he was like, this was Dimitri. Uh, he was like, don't think about it working, like working in sales. Think about it like working with customers uh, to solve problems with a product you love. And that is the way I think about it still to this day. Um, so that's the anyone, origin story.
0: It's it's nifty because <clears throat> that mental way, like we talked about this in our last episode. We had um, people on talking about like the SE the program and their former interns. And it's just consistent both in Splunk, as well as people that come on the podcast, they say, when you're a sales engineer, you don't even realize that you're in sales. You, you just feel like you're helping yeah. like customers solve problems. And you're like, you get to like craft the solution. And then you, you might help a little more, but like they get to do the work and you get to enjoy the success too. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. So once you became a, a sales engineer here, you, you applied, you got hired, obviously. You went through a million interviews. You came to Splunk. Million. What about your time at Splunk? Have you have you worn many hats
2: or <laughs> some hats? <laughs> many hats. I think I've had like five titles in the six and a half years I've been here. Um, so started as a, a role that we no longer have called client architect, and the the job was really to be embedded with a couple customers, and my entire job was just to be there. And solve problems for them. They had a sales engineer and I was sort of like more deeply embedded and technical. Um, So I did that for a little while and then they got rid of that role. Uh, And I moved into just sort of normal sales engineering for, I think three months. And then um, one of my all-time favorite Splunkers, V. Lee, um, came and said, hey, do you want to come be an architect. Cause I had sort of mentioned to her and Sean at, at one point, like, Hey, if there's ever an opportunity, I think I might be interested in this. And literally like three weeks later, she comes to me and it's like, we have a spot, which, you know, is sort of the story at Splunk or any high growth company. I mean, that's why I love working here is just the opportunity and uh, did that. So I was a staff architect for a um, couple of years and eventually made it to principal architect for sort of the core platform. Can we pause and there then, for a moment? Yeah. yeah. And
1: say, and, and alluding to something mentioned earlier this week, and, uh, the one thing that you will remember about during that time, we're speaking at comp and the worst practices Oh yeah. Uh, that you did. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's still important. It probably needs some updates, but some of the concepts there, I think, you know, I don't know if you remember anything off the top of your head, do you want to talk through you kind of like why it's important, but, you know, just kind of Hitting that—that that this was like super big deal that we have architects that can think through these things and then you know, distill that knowledge out.
2: Yeah, that was an interesting talk. I so, the the origin of that talk, I'll tell you, is obviously being an architect. I sort of encountered a lot of these common challenges, um, but there is a old old school splunker uh, who no longer works here by the name of Gerald. And it was a bit infamous in internal chat channels of like people asking questions His and approach. him being like, Why would you ever do that? That is the dumbest thing you would ever do. Well, right. And so and that I was the like,
1: G rated version of, of what he would say.
2: 100% and hilarious because
0: he ended up marrying like the complete opposite. nicest person. person. Yes. Long. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, hi to you both, if any of you listening. Yeah. Shout out to Erin and Gerald. <laughs> but anyway. Um, what struck me about that is people always talked about it, you know what I mean, uh, about like things that were said. Oh, yeah, Gerald always railed about this or that. And I kind of thought to myself, like, you know, it's funny, like we have all kinds of best practices guides, but like everybody like remembers the horror shows, right? And and uh, so it's that it's that best practices talk flipped on its head because best practices are geared at common issues well so are the worst practices and it just happened to do it in like what are the most common awful things that we encounter um and it was fun kind of lighthearted way to approach the topic um do you have any memories
1: of of a particular horror story with a customer that yeah i was able to i was just saying the
0: same thing tell us about a
2: a car a car wreck (laughs) Of a, of uh, our, I don't know uh, if I do, honestly, it's been so long. I'd have to go look back to the deck. I, I, it hasn't been that long, but like, I haven't done that stuff for like two and a half years now. And, um, there is just so many things. Cause now I'm in product helping with what our day-to-day strategy is. And there's just so many things going on. I can barely keep it all in my head. Um, I can appreciate that. Common ones, you know, there was always stuff around, um, the intricacies in how people decided to try to set up a highly available Spunk deployment. Um, and I would say, actually, I, I will, I can think of one. There was uh, somebody who created this extremely elaborate way to have lossless syslog. Like that, they, they had like this, these Rabbit MQ servers going and they were, had this like really advanced deduplication happening. And everything, and the the challenge was, I was like, you spent all of these hours and time developing this system. There's all of these different components that are running, and at the end of the day, like the protocol does not guarantee it's still delivery. UDP. So, like, why go through all of this effort to engineer these like uh, like a TCP route? Ra- this uh, mouse trap for yeah. I know it was like the most. Um, crazy like Rube Goldberg machine to like get syslog in and even then you couldn't guarantee that it was gonna gonna be successful that was one of my favorites um I just I think a common theme in that talk that I gave was like simplify just keep it simple Mm -hmm. you know like we don't you're gonna you're gonna run into more problems than it's worth if you try to make these really complex solutions
0: I, I feel like that's a common um common engineering thing is like sometimes the temptation of solving a technical challenge and like being able to like create like there's an art and a finesse with Mm -hmm. the science and you end up creating this incredibly beautiful thing but you overlook how fragile it is and like you said like a rube goldberg someone needed it (laughs) Yeah, if it was worth the investment, like we lose track of that as engineers. And next thing you know, it's like, hey, this is really great. But if anyone coughs near the server, (laughs) like everything falls apart, like a house of cards.
1: So I sounds like uh, an interesting play of, uh, you know, pros and cons and limited resources and things that people in product management probably have to get into. Speaking of which. So after so then, you were yeah.
2: yeah. So after I was a principal architect, I ran this other program in the sales engineering world for a couple of years, um, called Pony Express, which was super fun. Loved that program, and the whole point of it was, um, we would travel the world, and I would work with local account teams to identify customers that were sort of at the cutting edge of what we were doing, and I would do a lot of um, prep me and, um, my best bud, Juliet Wu, who shout out to Juliet, love her, um, would do a ton of prep with the account teams to go like, what do we need to cover? Like, what are the challenges the customers were going to, and we would build like bespoke agendas and tiger teams to go in and like have the all like the whole point was the questions that the customer should want to ask around this. Like everyone in that room should either have the answers or be one person away from it. Um, It was a lot of fun. Got to work on a lot of really interesting challenges um, and, you know, had fun while we were doing it, like traveling and, you know, being spoke that uh, I think there's a theme with um, as you build
0: up to where you are now, Mm-hmm. I think there's a theme in, in all of your kind of hops in, in your job of this like very organic, like you've identified a gap and you started working on it, like the Pony Express. Like, didn't that start yeah. with you? You were like, oh, well, we should do this thing. And then it became a larger meeting. And then it was yeah. like, oh, to make it, you know?
2: When I was at a principal architect, I was doing some of this already. And then um, my VP at the time, Chris Gilbert, was like, Shout-out hey, to Chris Gilbert. Shout-out to Chris Gilbert. Uh, <laughs> hey, Chris. Uh, so, the he was like, you know, I like what we're doing here and some of our other regions who don't have the like access to, you know, some of, because at that time we didn't have architects everywhere. Um, I'd like to start sort of bringing you guys around and, and doing this. Do you think you'd, and so we did a trial of it in London um, and it went really well. And so, so Chris was like, can you build a program around this? And so sometimes we would bring resources like from other geos, but I also tried to really identify local folks that we could, um, bring to the table in the right discussions because, you know, I don't want to like, get into the like, too much complexity on how like sales organizations are structured, but like going sort of cross sales districts and things like that are complicated. complicated. Um, yeah. yeah. And so my program was like really designed to be able to cut across all that, which was great. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. And then um, uh, Tim, our CTO and Susan who was our chief revenue officer at the time, got together and was like, hey, you know as we've grown as a company and acquired different um, different organizations and sort of fold them into the products org, um, there was a need to be a lot more structured about how our product teams were engaging with customers um, to ensure that we were like having the right conversations at the right time. And so Tim and Susan came to me and said like, Hey, we think that it'd be great. If you could do some of the things that you were doing out in the field directly with customers, but directly in product. And, you know, because, well, the point Express was focused on was solving customer challenges with product that exists today. That was a, a huge thing of ours, was like sometimes we would talk a little bit about roadmap, but mostly like what can we do with the product that exists today?
0: Well, and yeah, good. There's I, I um I remember uh, like at the time <clears throat> you had started to figure out a new approach on how to collect feedback. And enhancement requests from these conversations, and I feel like that that undercurrent is very very material to your story of how you. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, thanks for reminding me. So yeah, at that time we were also we had started to sort of collect like what are the top issues we're seeing and needs from these customers and developing business cases for them, Um, and yeah, there was a we were sort of tracking all of this in Jira, like what was what was the stuff that people needed um that was recognized i like at one point did a presentation to doug and the executive team about sort of what i was seeing across different areas and what we thought we needed to do and you're right that sort of inspired susan and tim to have this conversation around um let's build a program around this so the first step was we started i actually started to build out what is now known as splunk ideas um in the field i was in sales engineering and was sort of building this and you know, Tim was sort of like, "What? That's a great thing you're doing, but like, I think it's a much better place for you to be to build programs like that and actually influence product by being in the products org." Um, so then, fast forward maybe like four months, and they um, had announced Sender Celikamr as the chief product officer, and um, Sender shout and I talked. Sender. Shout out to Sender. Shout hey, sender. out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just name dropping all over the place. Yeah, anyway, so Sender and I talked for like four months, and um, that's quite a core. Really aligned, and I was like, "Hey, let's um, let's do this." Like, I, I'm super excited. I want to work together. Um, yeah. Matt, <laughs> you know we work from home. This is what happens. And this is it. Um, yeah. hi, Matt. You're on so, a live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was like, I wanna, I wanna work together, let's, let's do this. And um, came over and started this field PM org um, and Launchpunk Ideas and a bunch of other programs that, uh, that have sort of, again, our, our, the whole point of my team, if I were to put it in a nutshell, is to give our product managers leverage, meaning uh, provide programs, process, and resources for them to scale so that when they're ready to engage with customers, on something, we have advisory boards so that they can engage um, at the right time and at the right level with customers. We're, um, we're collecting enhancement requests and helping them have data to be able to triage them and know where do we need to, where do we need to focus based on a variety of different data points. Just so everyone knows when you're on Splunk Ideas, it's not just raw votes that is like. What and what impacts what we're going to do. We look at lots of different data points behind the scenes. I know that's the only data point people can see on the portal, but like we look at uh, a lot of stuff on the back end. So.
0: And, and so just to tie up a couple of things. So if you want to learn more about Splunk Ideas, um, check our back catalog. Is that what the cool kids call it? Um, for our episode with Jesse, I believe it's called It's Miller Time. And uh, we talk all about ideas on there. Um, it's very cool. That's a good name. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not just um, it is very cool that you can vote for each other's ideas, right? It's not just a blind static submission. Yeah. So check out that episode to, to learn. That was more episode
1: today. nine? I just looked it up.
0: Nine. And the thing German I determine for no.
2: I, one of the things about that that I love is as we were going around talking to customers, the biggest challenge too was, you know, as a customer when you're trying to plan your technology roadmap, you have vendors who you're partnered with, and you need to sort of know what direction they're going in and what you're going to get when so that you can decide how are you going to invest your dollars and your staff time do you need to go build something um, because your vendor doesn't have that capability or can you complement it and so that was the big thing we aim to do with spunk ideas is you know yes it's a way to ask us to do things and we do put a lot of the things on the on the backlog and have delivered a bunch of features that are in spunk ideas but the other side of it is just transparency. So that if we're not going to do something, we try to let people know as soon as we can, um, or you know, if it's further out on the roadmap, there, there are indicators for that. So it, it just gives a lot more transparency versus filing a support case and having that enhancement sit in a system that nobody has any visibility into.
1: And I, I think that that type of system leads to engagement. It's like, okay, I can be involved somewhat in this process and yeah. feel like I'm included in it. And it's real. Like, you, you know, it's, it's, it is tied to the systems that we use to plan the roadmap.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have teams that look through those things. We, When we decide we're going to do something, we track that. Like, people are held accountable. So it is, it is real. And then when we engage with advisory boards, if you're on a customer advisory board as part of our product advisory council, Splunk slash... PAC, PAC, if you have not been there, um, you can sign up for various product advisory councils and all of that's integrated and tied together so that when we decide we're going to work on something, um, when we want to go get feedback, we consult with our, our advisor council folks.
1: So, and I want to pick on uh, scale a little bit more because when, when we kind of started at the company at, at you know, a couple few years of each other, um,
2: you were at You're... my first Conf, Hal, as a customer. My, I went to Conf in 2012, and I remember going to the Microsoft booth and talk, talking to you about the app for Exchange, I think it was, or something like that. Or... Oh, oh, yeah. And I, I would have been manning the booth, and you were a customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Way back Funny, when.
1: I don't remember that one. That's, that's all right. View. I didn't
2: make an impression, clearly. <laughs> and then I think
0: Jeff and I were hired like within, within months of each other or something. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So Sorry I when I started, you. there were, you know, 30 PMs or whatever. It was a pretty <laughs> yeah. small number of people. And you know what products they made it was product one singular, you know, and it was called yes. enterprise. Yeah. Um, and now we have a little more than that and acquisitions and a little more. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense to say the number of product managers, but you know, publicly we can say there's 6,500 plus employees. Um, mm-hmm. Say that to the street. So Quite that's a bit a more than 13, I'll say.
2: I'm yes. sorry? Quite a bit more than 13, I'll say. Yes, yeah. bigger than a breadbasket.
1: So yes. the a lot of this is related to, okay, who is the right person to work with on this one little piece of this one bigger piece of this bigger thing that's a product or a service? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people involved in these things now.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, the biggest thing <laughs> is like spending the last few weeks working through is Um, So not only do we have lots of products, but Splunk as a company is, is taking this platform and trying to unify all the different components, particularly you know, we acquired signal effects and we have this really kick ass observability suite that is coming online. Like the, 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 newer, the newest version of that, I'm like super excited about. Oh, this we're, is a, a PG 13. You can't say kick ass because oh, it's inappropriate. Apologies. You
1: can. But you, you can... could say kick ass.
0: No, you can. I was just joking that kick was okay. the offensive word. It was <laughs> yes. not necessary. Just making
1: sure that, I mean, because we, we don't actually have the ability to bleep. So oh, just
2: having oh, say so it again, I'll, I'll
0: bleep, I'll bleep. Four four times, <laughs> times.
2: Yeah. We've got kick-ass products. <laughs> and, <laughs> well done. <laughs> anyway, um, but try bringing all that together and unifying it into a common platform that has common identity services. So you don't have to use different logins across them, common administrative interfaces so that you can light up different services from a central console, common GDI pathways, shared logging, a search infrastructure, like all of these things we're working on. And the dependence- If if you
0: were right now to ask any audience member, name one Splunk app on Splunk Base, they would all say common information model. Because every time you said common, I was waiting for information model. I think it's that's how magic works. Head. Yeah. And how many
2: power, different
1: power of suggestions Sim. are there, Jeff? I don't oh, even get to start. Oh my god, there's more. There. Yeah.
2: Um isn't is it Sim or Kim? Anyway, um so the challenge there is dependency management, right? Because it's Splunk, you know, we have offering teams, of PMs who own the actual product that a that a customer sees and touches. We have um, platform PMs who own the backend services like search and indexing and identity, commerce, like all these kinds of things. And when you're gonna bring a new product to market or service or capability, you have to have all, there's all of these downstream dependencies that need to be mapped and managed and deadlines aligned. Um, And it's complicated. It's really complicated. Heck of a lot easier when we had one product with Splunk Enterprise, right? But now, you know, you're tying together massive sort of suites of capabilities Um, and it's exciting, it's cool, but it's, it's, there's a lot of, of, of things to manage, um, and different set of problems than we had, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so, I mean, if you're doing pretty good at that job, at that
1: mission, what, what does success look like?
2: Success looks like... (laughs) meeting deadlines for um, you know products being delivered on our roadmap on time, when those products are delivered, they have very clear outcomes. Um, so when I think about that, like um, when we, let's say we deliver a new product, it could have a set of capabilities, right? Um, right. I can search these logs, I can do this thing. Um, But what we really need to get into is what are the outcomes that we're trying to achieve for a customer and what value do those outcomes provide? Um, So having those really clearly defined are important, because especially when you're working with cross-functional teams and have downstream dependencies, because I have to know as an offering PM, yes, I need this particular capability. I have to be able to collect data from this system, do something to it, send it to this other place. But I also have to know why, because there may be a bunch of caveats around how that data is collected, what authentication protocols I need to support, what data formats need to be supported, um, the time, the you know latency of, of how quickly uh, an event needs to traverse you know a pipeline to get into an like there's lots of things that come into play where if we just deliver a set of capabilities out to the market, you end up. Getting a lot of churn in how the sales team goes out and, and talks to customers about it, and then the customers want to implement things, um, they kind of get bogged down and like, yeah, why I can do, kind of use this, this but it doesn't do exactly new? what I need. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Al.
1: I was just like, why does this new feature exist? I mean, I see it uh, a yeah. bullet point, but why is it important? And and will it actually, how will it help?
2: Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I don't remember how we got on this topic, but the, the point was it's it, that's, that's the sort of what's new exactly problems, about. right. As you grow yeah. and, and, and get it, that was what it was is we, you know, growing from when I started, I think we were at like 900 and something employees and now at, at you know, 6,400 or whatever it is now, it's a different scale of challenge, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely.
1: So if you were to kind kind of look, you know, I think scale is kind of the, the point, right? I mean, that's, that's where the phase of the company, right. You know, and we've always been a high growth company, like scale is important. Are there things that, that you, you, you foresee being a challenge ahead of you that that you haven't even gotten to
2: yet? Um, scale is in the organization. I think that, um, there's always challenges, right? So the the stuff I would say now we're working on is probably some of the biggest challenges, this transformation of our business from an on-prem software company to a cloud-based company. Um, Unifying the platform is just such a, like, uh, multi-cross-functional, like, matrixed environment kind of thing that you have to bring all these people That's together. Boring
1: and you just dobert it all over me.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. It's just like all of it. All of it. I know. Like, um then the other challenge is, you know, shifting development teams because our on-prem product is, was, you know, you get two releases a year is what we were typically doing. In cloud, we're on four week release cycles. So changing the cadence that people that are- insane. Yeah, used to delivering features is a huge thing because it has implications in how we scope, right? When we're delivering every four weeks, we can't deliver these massive dumps of, um, of features and capabilities. We have to design very scoped outcomes that we're looking to deliver, right? And it may just be a couple capabilities that enable that outcome and we deliver them rapidly, but we iterate very quickly. Um, then there's all sorts of go-to-market things about that, right? Like how do I line up education and marketing materials and demos and all this stuff behind uh, what we're delivering? So I'd say those are sort of the biggest um, things we're facing now that's sort of top of mind. Um, you know, as companies grow, the those are some of the challenges as you expand into new product areas, make acquisitions. Splunk is sort of in the thick of that right now. Um, you know, once we have this settled so the next piece is like looking at what additional, um, markets you want to go after and problems you want to solve. Right? Like, and Splunk has, has always been doing a bit of that. We have an entire industries and verticals team that helps with specific solutions in, in different markets. But, you know, one of the things that we're doing right now is our, our core sort of competency and focus is around security, IT operations, which has always been a bread and butter of our, like that was, that was, I started using Splunk for originally. And then we're moving into, or uh, expanding, I guess, into this DevOps, SRE, sort of cloud monitoring environment. Yeah. You know, APM, those capabilities are all new to us. Um, yeah. Um, so on a complete
0: change of topic, okay. uh, not, not a complete one, but um, any uh, loyal listener at this point may notice something. Which is that um, a lot of, of what Jeff is talking about sounds a lot like what the way I described my job. And that's because. In fact,
1: I used to call you Little Jeff.
0: You know, oh, nice. <laughs> LJ, LJ <laughs> for short. Um, uh, up until uh, last Monday, I was working for Jeff. Um, yeah, I don't know what I did wrong.
1: Yeah. You, you seem uh, to have driven him away.
0: Yeah. Well, no. I'll, have to, I'll have to think about that. And, and we can we can get into uh, my new role more. You can get into time,
1: the but... the, uh, the negatives uh, about your you know your work work output the, and, and you know the 360 push yeah. you away <laughs> let's do our yeah <laughs> let's, let's
0: do, a do our three right let's do a 360 degree degree review right now on air um, is this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that> was, <laughs> this
2: is a roast I
0: didn't realize that was this is going to be
1: yeah roast slash exit interview right you know, we <laughs> actually have a
0: bunch of bunch of people in the waiting room to be the dais um here to roast you uh yeah so I switched uh roles last week and I am now the uh PM for developer experience so I'll talk more about that in a in a future podcast. But essentially, um, I uh, I am on a mission to bring the app development uh, or solution development world to be as pleasant and uh, seamless and and simple and effective as possible for all the developers out there.
1: So and given when which send
0: also, Birch on a mission, he's which, not going to stop. So. Which which also makes me think day to day of the Lorax. I speak for the developers, which brings us back to Hal, okay. who in a prior life,
1: handled- I was I was one of the, I think there were only three of us the, with the title of developer evangelist. It was me, Damien, and Terry um, at the time, and yeah, that was the job. That was what I pitched myself as was a uh, you know the Lorax. I speak for the developer, and it was. Uh, to be a representative of this persona that was actually not a customer. And it was hard at the time to justify doing anything for somebody that is not paying any money to the company that sells the software. So it was a bit of a challenge, but if you have a platform, then you have an ecosystem and it's kind of up to us to decide what to do with that ecosystem. Either you do things to please the developer or you do not have a continuing ecosystem. So so I used to work
0: for Jeff. Now I'm in a role that is very, very similar to what Hal did many years ago. And I think when Hal was in that role very many years ago is when Jeff may have approached him at the Microsoft booth. I think so. This has
2: come full circle. Full circle.
1: So, but I wanted to pitch a question to to Jeff related to kind of your, your new role, Birch, which is one. What, um, what are Birch's flaws? Yeah, what one? What are <laughs> Birch's flaws? And two, um, given the complexity that you just talked about, and the size of the organization, and the acquisitions and multiple products, that's what Birch is doing. There is a that's going to be tough because it's a new layer on top of because the capabilities that uh, you talked about delivering might be. Um, You know, customer needs to do this and it will, here's how it will be, it'll happen. And there's going to be a, probably a mock-up of a user interface, right? That is nothing like what Birch's mission is. Do, you know, how do you kind of, this, this is a, it's a different persona. How do you kind of work through that with, with the
2: teams? I mean, I have lots of opinions on what Birch's new job should be, but I'll, I'll, I mean, I will let him speak to what he's doing, but when I think about the challenges that we're confronted with in a developer ecosystem, particularly as we move to this platform and have, are starting to bring together and unify various products and services we've created, you know, I can think about just technical add-ons as one example. There are so many ways now that you can bring data into Splunk. You can use OTEL to bring data into our observability offering. You can use modular inputs. You can use data collectors. We have cloud collectors. And you know, Splunk as a company recognizes that these things can be very frustrating. Um, some people like the options, right? That's, that's one of the things I, you always get, it's, it's tricky when you, um, when you start to prescribe a path because you don't want to be too rigid Um, because especially for developers, people love that there's lots of different ways for them to sort of bend the platform to their will. Um, But on the other side, we have customers who are like, just tell me the best way to do this. I don't care about the five other options. Like I just need to know. Um, So we need to take a look at what that looks like, as well as just having a common design framework for how these things operate across all of our different offerings in the immediate term, um, as some of those things are unifying, I would say sort of within areas. So example is our observability offering. We bought SignalFX and a company called Omnition Those products together became our APM and our infrastructure monitoring solution. Then we bought a bunch of other companies and we've added in, you know, Splunk brought the secret sauce of logs. So we have infrastructure application monitoring and logs and sort of this observability suite but we were adding in synthetics and really user monitoring a bunch of other stuff, right? Um, I lost my train of thought. I don't, uh, what was I saying?
1: developers is where we start yes
2: um so having a common so that's all coalescing in that um in that area right so uh the product is coming together as a unified suite and that's happening in sort of in security we're sort of concentrating everything on our mission control interface and having a common work surface for people to um work within those areas and then once we unify those sorts of those parts it's how do we unify Splunk as a solution so that you can come and use those things. So there are some near-term tactical things we need to do to provide standardization on how we define add-ons and apps and, and content that customers can bring to the table. And then there's more strategic things looking at Great. Once we start to unify GDI pathways, for example, across all these offerings, what does that look like? Sorry. Yeah. Getting data in. Um, What does that look like so that, you know, I don't, you shouldn't have to think about it as a customer um, when you want to bring data in that I have to load this TA into my enterprise deployment and I have to load this pipeline into stream processing service and I got to do all these other, like you should just have one package that you can load. And Splunk knows what to do with all the rest of the things. So um, I'm going to leave that to Birch, though, to go figure <laughs> out. Uh, I, it's not all on him. We have like, report, lots of teams that are team. working through this stuff. But from a developer standpoint, yeah, um, there's challenges that we, we need to go confront and, and make easier. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, we talked uh, at a high level
0: about like the the outcomes your team delivers. What about, like, what can you say about specifically? Like, what, what functions report into you? Um, yeah. Can you can you share some of that and make it a little more? Sure. Yeah, grand, But yeah, yeah. don't talk sure. about Jesse,
1: because we already talked about Jesse. Yeah. Okay. So,
2: there's, Jesse. so there's Jesse. Oh, shout out to there, Jesse. We already talked about Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. Um, we spunk Ideas. Uh, I also have a program run by uh, Dimitri Lavand, who... Does our compliance. So what that you know ask him looks for like jokes. He is good with the, he with is the actually, compliance yeah. jokes. I actually said just to him today. today, I was like, I said, Are you thinking about leaving the team to just write jokes? Because you've been on a roll lately. Um he and then he was like, Did you really like my jokes? I'm like, Yeah, they were great. <laughs> uh so anyway, it's hard to have a good compliance joke, but um it is hard. So Dimitri's job is when we uh, decide we're going to bring a particular product into a, a particular market, those markets have different um, compliance requirements. And so he works with our product managers to say, great, you want to target selling this particular product to, you know, U S defense or something, or to GDPR. For yeah, whatever. GDPR we need to comply with GDPR, right? You want to sell, relatable. if you want to sell this in, in Europe, we have GDPR different requirements we need to comply with. Um, here are the controls that we have to implement in either software on how the product operates or in our operations team on how they're going to manage the offering. And he helps them sort of map all that out so that when we deliver the product, it has those controls built in. Because the other, the other way to do it is you develop a product, you go do an audit the audit has all these findings that you're missing these controls. Then you go back to the drawing table. Then you go back and you implement all those things. And it's proactive
0: it's, versus reactive.
2: Totally. So that's yeah. Dimitri's job is, is helping us um, align those um, in our roadmap and strategy. Uh, there is Marvin Green on my team who runs our roadmaps program. Shout but out, Marvin. Shout out to Marvin. Uh, Marvin uh, is in charge of the customer. I think he wins for most handsome Splunker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and he's got accent. some good jokes. He's, oh, he's from great. Jamaica. Yeah, Marvin. Marvin grew up in Jamaica. Um, he's great. He, uh, he, and he definitely brings the jokes when he's doing his presentations. Um, I said, I was like, you are gonna, you're trying to take the mantle from Birch with regard to corny jokes when you're giving these presentations, man. Uh, so you better watch out, Birch. I'm he's thinking we need a you.
1: gag reel, and it's going to be just <laughs> stupid jokes we pulled from various,
2: you know, yeah. presentations. All right. So Marvin's in charge of, uh, I wouldn't just say customer facing, he is in charge of the external facing roadmap to anyone sort of outside of our products organization. So he works with our product managers. He doesn't decide what goes on the roadmap. He's in charge of taking all of these bits and pieces that uh, different product managers are working on and bringing them together with our um, product line owners um, and our product marketing folks so that there's a unified story That when we're talking about new products we're bringing to market, we're ensuring that we're highlighting um, not just capabilities, the what we're delivering, but the why. What is this going to do for you? What value is it going to bring? He also does a lot. There's a lot of um, stuff on his plate around sort of just tracking dates and making sure we're we're delivering on time. Uh, Now that Birch has left us, Marvin has also taken on some of the things Birch was doing around... Um, executive alignment. So we work with all of our different leaders in our, in our different theaters, right? So uh, in Europe or in Australia or whatever, and we talk to them about what are the most critical things that you need the products organization to deliver in your region this year. And we track those. We make sure that they're resourced um, in our, in our products and engineer, in our PM and engineering org, make sure we're making progress towards these. We have relevant dates that are outlined, um, so that we're communicating that and staying on top of it. And then um, I have um, Melissa Gans, who is fantastic, runs Shout our Shout out to I've been waiting for Shout this. Shout out to Shout Melissa. Out to Mel. uh, Melissa runs our uh, advisory programs. So sort of put that in two um, buckets or what you, in customer facing, customers will know this is our product advisory council, but uh, there's sort of two buckets, I think about advisory programs. There's early um, programs where we're doing customer advisory boards, um, where we'll, we'll bring sort of early ideation to a, to a customer and, um, and talk about, hey, here are the things we're thinking about building, here are the outcomes we're thinking about achieving. Uh, Does this make sense? Is this going to be valuable to you? And then she's got other folks on her team who can take the product once we've done that early ideation, once we have code to actually start testing. She has folks, amazing technical folks that she can tell you about that um, are hands on keyboard and can help our customers implement that software in an alpha or a beta, do all kinds of testing, get feedback into the organization, iterate um, so that when we... all those just albums,
1: that There's going to be some really good stories there. So we're definitely going to get her on the Off show.
0: The and you should definitely. With the engineers to talk through that. All the alphas yeah. and betas. Like if you're involved in one you're you're going through her, right?
2: Yep. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So those are the sort of key areas that, uh, that my team focuses on. And
0: Jesse. Shout out to Jesse again.
2: I already talked about Jesse first. You yeah. already gets... got this love affair with Jesse. Yeah. Does he know this?
1: Yeah. Jesse is uh, credited with. um, He's got wonderful music, musical
2: taste. Mm. Oh, he's like an accomplished pianist. Yeah, I I didn't actually know that part. You know, Jesse just celebrated ten years at Splunk on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's sweet. No, that's love. Yeah, Yeah, he's an old school Splunker. Um, We're coming up on time,
0: but I want to attempt uh, something I didn't discuss with Hal in advance, and I just thought of, which is a. Oreo, it's a rapid fire of um, Splunk questions for you.
1: Are we going to do an SPL quiz? Because, like, I could. That's part of it. I could go. Oh, no. Okay. I didn't study.
0: Okay. I didn't. I used Uh, to be really good at this. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to America's favorite game show, Rapid Fire Splunking. Uh, Our first guest here is, yeah. Pew pew. Um, (laughs) So, Jeff, I'm going to just ask you some rapid fire questions. Uh, Yeah. And just say the first things that come to your head. So favorite oh, okay. SPL command. Favorite SPL command, Jeff. Stats. Wow. Uh, what about your
2: first comp? 2012. Favorite comp? First time we went to Disney. What was that? 2015? Yeah. 15, maybe? Yeah. Because I think 16 was DC. Yeah. That was my what favorite. Was uh, number of Splunk shirts. Oh, too many uh, at least Distinct at least of 20 of or 30 shirts. 20 or 30 you know matt my <laughs> partner was like you gotta get rid of some of these <laughs> <And> like <laughs> it, shirts are one thing sweat, sweatshirts are another and i'm like i can't Well, that's my, those. my those next last questions. how yeah number of spawn cutties everyone since 2012 i don't know i can't do yeah. math <laughs>
1: Estimated I, I, distinct count. Okay, yeah. We've got Ladies and here. gentlemen,
2: thank you. That has been
0: rapid fire questions
1: with Jeff Champagne. Oh, that was
2: easy. I
0: yeah, that was to, easy. yeah.
1: We need to come up with more of those, and then like I want to do them. And you and I. Can I was worried there, there was going to be some gotchas in there. I think no, we need to record gacha. an episode where you and I do that, Birch.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um. Well, let's let's wait, uh hold on, hold on, step hold on. into wait, some wait. of those. I can give Quite. them some
1: gotchas though. What oh, do you yeah. want
0: to give some gotchas? Well, why don't you think? Do you want to think of a gotcha while I? I unpack some of the answers
1: he gave. Why do you assume that I don't have a gotcha? A I was deck. trying to, I'm trying to support you <laughs> Okay, well, not I me, mean, I appreciate that. So if I want to know how many fields are in an event, how would I do that? How many fields are in an event? What SPL command will tell me the answer to the question of how many fields are in an event?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. How, wait, wait, wait. I, it it would it would give you how would it give
2: you a summary of the fields i was like i'd have to go look at my cheat sheet
1: (laughs) i would use field summary yeah that's what i field summary there we go
2: all right oh i feel like nerds (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
2: i i I think i still have my laminated splunk spl cheat sheet around somewhere the three pane. yeah oh it's the best yeah yeah that's good stuff Virch is a good phrase right now. Virtue you're doing a podcast right now. Or Orlando oh, surprised sorry.
1: me. Not a lot of people, like, not me. Like, I actually love the Orlando show as well. Yeah. I don't know if that was a universal thing. A lot of people were like, eh.
2: I think people, I don't know. I, so I grew up in Nevada, not in Vegas, but um, gaming and all of that doesn't really have the allure. And I also just find I'm ex- exhausted <laughs> in the trips in Vegas. Yep. Not that Disney we weren't having fun at night and stuff but like it was a different it was a different speed and I enjoyed that. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh
0: forgot that it literally was behind me on top of the table. I mm. uh, I'm holding up our quick reference. It's available as a PDF online. Um one I I am aggressively passionate about the value of this thing. When I started with Splunk, just stick with this and then you you start to ask questions that go beyond this and that's when you graduate into the docs and into the that's right. material that
2: is the best that yeah. and regex 101 are like your best friends yeah, yeah yeah
1: but you know we have a problem now guys we We're have a one product we have more we than have one product one right. we Quick reference
2: guide that's true well it about? sounds like you should get to work on that i think that that's a thing for yeah. merch to
1: do
0: yeah guys someone should get to work on that <laughs> So, I was just
2: going to say how, like, how can you hate <clears throat> renting out a theme park for the Spunk party? I like, that it. is like the best. That's pretty awesome. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, well, Jeff, thank you for coming on.
2: Oh, oh thanks so for great. having me.
0: For, for anyone, anyone concerned, um, we had booked Jeff well in advance of when I dumped him for another <laughs> job. <so. laughs> and I still showed up. And he still showed yes. up. Wow. Oh, Birch,
1: I'm happy. Uh, but don't y'all actually live like you. 10 or 20 miles away from each other or something?
0: Yeah, like we, we have to figure out when we're having dinner again. We I do. You know,
2: that's the challenge yeah. with New York, though, is um, even though it's like, yeah, 10 miles away, it's mm-hmm. really like three hours uh, you know. if you want to take any kind of public transportation. I mean, that's what he keeps saying every
1: time I ask him to come over for dinner. <laughs> it's
0: like, I don't know, man. It's like three hours to get there. <laughs>
1: So, like, oh, okay, okay. I, I hold, on, I hold on, hold on. We only have a couple minutes left, but like, okay, I'm in Atlanta and Metro, I'm as far out of Metro Atlanta as you can be and still be in Metro Atlanta, but it's very big. It's wide. It is one of the larger, you know, footprints of a metro yeah. area. And everybody has cars. Public transport is, it just doesn't work out. It didn't work out. It's yeah. built in, whatever the, you know, the reasons are. And everything is either 20 minutes away or an hour away. And you're always mm-hmm. taking a car. Mm. it's a lot different in new york like the totally in the and the methods are totally different yeah, i think the biggest challenge where
2: between yeah where birch and i live is like so i live in brooklyn so i have to like take a train into manhattan or the subway which isn't that big of a deal and then transfer to a commuter rail line take that upstate and then like uber can to you even where take where one lives. one um subway or do you no. have to connect on the subway two oh, there's two wow. yeah. subways so two yeah.
0: subways in and like when I've taken the subway to and from Jeff's, that's like an hour and a half just to get yeah. to Grand Central Station. Then what are you talking about? I don't live. Maybe in like, it was like,
2: yeah, you're in the It's, Like dogs. from my apartment to Grand Central it was, like 12 minutes on the subway. I don't know. You were like you lived in the like abandoned says I'm church, of maybe yeah. maybe 20,
0: maybe 20 minutes. It's not that yeah. far. Someone's gonna fact check us with like Google Maps, but anyway, yeah. And then like the commute well, around, and call an parking,
1: Uber. and yeah. But why don't you just call an Uber? Did I, just I mean, say something bad? what am I like?
0: I, Queen of bags England? over here? <laughs> oh, I don't have this kind of money. <laughs> what? When, when I've had to like take an Uber to, to like get to the airport for like business travel. I mean, we're talking yeah, yeah. well over a hundred bucks.
1: Whoa. Okay. All yeah. right. I mean,
2: I so now I don't have an excuse though because I did a friend and I bought a car in because I don't need a car full time and neither did he. But we bought a car in uh, January, so now I can drive up and see Birch. And now he has no excuse. <laughs> no
0: excuse. Well, look at the time. Uh no, but uh we do have to wrap up. Uh thank you Jeff for coming on. Uh thank you for a wonderful Splunk talk. The podcast yeah. that's all Splunk and no junk, except for the bit about Manhattan. Shout out to everyone listening. Uh did we Especially do shout yet. out to Susan, Tim and Doug? I think we mentioned them as well. Shout out to Sender. them. All, yes. Yeah, yeah and Tender. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks for having
2: much. me. Have a lovely day. Have a great evening, wherever you are.